Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. God, we just thank you for this moment. We just thank you for this time to, to come and hear from you, Lord God. Lord God, we know that this will be a time of growing, a time of expanding, a time of us having an experience with your love. Your love never gives out, it never runs dry, but it's always preparing things in our favor, Lord God. Your love has released so many things that are gonna do us good and make us happy, Lord God. No one has been called to live a life of defeat or stress or worry or concern. You moved into our world, you moved into our lives, you sacrificed yourself so that we can live in a place far above what we see. And Lord God, I just pray that today as we hear from you, the place you have, have called us to be, the life you have called us to live, we just come to embrace it freely, come to just the knowledge of what it means for us so that we never live another day in doubt or concern of whether or not you're going to be there, but we leave here trusting and knowing that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Not a person in this room will your hand ever lose your grip on them. You love them, you sent your son to die for them. It's not something they have to be concerned about. It's something that they can boldly complain, boldly proclaim that they are yours. They are loved, they are covered, they are surrounded, they are protected, they are well. They are well because of you, God. And I just thank you that in this time that you just take all of me, Lord God. Speak through me what you have to say to your people. May this be a moment that changes generations. May this be a moment that just marks a shift in who we are, how we think, and, and just how we embrace your love, Lord God. We're expecting nothing less but all of you. In your name that I pray, the name above every name. Jesus. Amen. Well, hug the person next to him. Tell him you love him. Tell him you're glad to see him. Today, we're about to start an, an incredible journey uh, on our new series, Think Rich, Live Wealthy. Y'all say that with me. Think Rich, Live Wealthy. And Prayerfully, by the end of this service, you know exactly what that means because I can tell you this, in the book of Timothy, God reminds us that he has given us all things to richly enjoy. God wants, to enjoy, wants us to enjoy some things. In the John 10 and 10, he said he came that he may give us life and we may have life, what? More abundantly. And the truth is, whether you have a lot, whether you have a little, or whether you have a whole bunch, you should be enjoying life. I'll say it again. The truth is, is whether or not you have a little, you have a lot, or you have a whole bunch, you should be enjoying life. Because enjoying life doesn't start with having, but knowing what you have. And you know, God takes that so importantly. He, he, he says, I want you to really think about what you have and what that means to you. I'm just gonna go over quick, some quick things in Philippians 4 and 8, they can put it on the screen. It says, think on these things. 
And he's letting us know, I want you to think about some things. I want some things on your mind. Whatever's that good, that noble, that high, whatever is worthy of praise, think on these things. Why is God saying this? He's saying this because he understands that what we think affects our attitude. And our attitude will align our altitude and where we go. So he's like, I want you thinking about certain things. I want these things on your mind. In the book of 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, it says that the Holy Spirit has been giving us insight. Insight beyond what we know, insight beyond what we could think or imagine, but the Holy Spirit has come as a gift from God to every believer that lets us know things that we wouldn't know on our own. And that's so awesome to know because if I know I need to have higher thoughts, but, but nothing is coming to give me those higher thoughts, I could feel lost. But it's a good thing to know. It's a good thing to know that not only when I got saved, God decided to give me a spirit. And with that spirit, he decided to give me thoughts above my own. Amen. And so today we're going to talk about those thoughts that are what? Above our own. Yeah. Those thoughts that are above what we could, could think on ourselves. But that's what the word of God is there to do, is there to change how we think concerning things so we can change how we see things and change how we experience things. That's how I say, once you get the thoughts that God has concerning you being rich and you being wealthy on your mind, it's hard for you not to be enjoying life today, whether you have, don't have, or have a bunch, because you know the thoughts that he has concerning your life are nothing less than exceedingly, abundantly, and above. So y'all want to take a journey into just some thoughts, some things we should be thinking concerning our finances, things we should be thinking concerning our lives. Psalms 68 and 19 tells us that we are to bless the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. It says that God daily loads us with benefits. And I say this is important because when you think about the fact that God is daily loading you with benefits, your mind shifts from get, get, get to receive, receive, receive. Oh, that's good news. Because what you've probably been taught, I've been taught, we've all been heard before, is that financial security gives us life security. And so we try to get, get, get (laughs) to produce security, security, security. But the truth of the matter is, the moment you got saved, you got the best security life could ever provide. And so you no longer have to think, get, get, get. But you can now think, receive, receive, receive. Because so many things have been provided for my favor because of his love for me. And it just changes the way you walk around every day when you're thinking, there's something I'm supposed to be receiving in this day for my benefit. There's not something I have to chase. There's something already arranged for my benefit in today that I am to receive so that I may enjoy the life that I have. Oh, that's awesome. That's powerful. It's powerful when your thoughts start to align with God's thoughts for you. And I can tell you this much, that is his thought concerning you. His everyday thought is what can I do to make who you are better today? Oh, amen. Amen. Pastor Brian, why why are you saying all this? Because I just want to let you guys know something that we are about to get caught in the middle of what God wants to do. 
we're about to get caught right in the middle of what God wants to do. How many of you guys knows God wants to do some things here on earth? In order for him to do those things, we have to be what? Caught in the middle of it. He wants to do it. He has to use us in order to do what he wants to do here on earth. So we are simply what? Caught in the middle of what God wants to do. So why are you saying that, Pastor Brian? Because many of the things that God wants us to do requires resources. God wants to do things that cost money. And so what he wants us to understand is how we should think concerning money before the money starts to overflow us. Because if our thinking isn't right before it comes, when it shows up, we won't know how, how and what to do with it. But if I'm believing what you guys are believing, you want to be caught in the middle of what God is doing. But God needs to know, he wants to know, he wants to make sure that in that place we know what to do. And so we're going to talk about how to think as it concerns the resources God is going to prepare to place in our hands so that we can do what he's called us to do. That sound like good news? Boy, that sounds like great news. Well, I woke up this morning, God said, Brian, you about to get caught in the middle. I say, catch me, Jesus. <laughs> Brian, just, well, I love it. I, I want to be in the middle of what God's doing. I want to be a part of what God is establishing. I want God to know that you can use me for what you want to do. Because what I know about a person God uses, God supplies those whom he, what, uses. So use me, Lord. I am a vessel. Fill me to the full till I overflow. I want my life to bring others towards Christ. Use me. Oh, amen. And we're going to spend today talking about a man who was caught in the middle. I'm going to 1 Kings 17, start at verse 1, so you guys can turn there. Because one of the worst things that can grow with wealth is your, is your personal identity. The one of the worst things that can ever grow with resources and wealth and money is your personal identity. It should not grow with, with it. It can be up, it can be down, but I know who I am. And that's why God says, I need you to think some things. I need you to know some things. I need you to think about who you are because I, I, I don't want who you are to change based on what you have. You guys ever met some of them people? Yeah. We've all met some of them people. The NFL draft just passed, and we saw some of them people. How many of y'all saw the clip of Deion Sanders? Y'all saw the, they, th they put a throwback clip of when Deion Sanders got drafted. How many of you guys saw that clip? That thing was wild. They looked at him, they said, man, Deion, do you have on your signing bonus right now? The man had on more gold jewelry. I don't know how he could hold his neck up. They were trying to figure out, Deion, you haven't even played a down yet in the league. Dion was wait, what he was he was waiting for that money. 
And then I was like, man, when that money show up, I know exactly what I'm finna do with that money. I have some orders placed. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was awesome. The whole family was just drenched. <laughs> Dion said, it's prime time, baby. But what I love about it is he had an actual vision for what that was. He wasn't actually being foolish as they may have perceived him being. He knew he was branding himself for an identity. Oh, amen. Ooh. Because some people might say, man, he was foolish. No, he was prepared for the moment. When the moment happened, he seized it. Before he even played a down, they looked at him like he's a star. He ain't did nothing yet. Y'all gonna get it. Y'all gonna get caught in the middle of everything I'm saying right now about in this message. Starting at 1 Kings 17 and verse 1. It says, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook sheriff, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And so I just wanted to kind of point out some things right here because Elijah, here it comes, three, two, next one, boom. <laughs> We're getting it together, y'all. But I really want you to understand some things, the background of what's going on here. Elijah was a prophet sent by God to confront Baalism and to declare to Israel that the Lord was God and there was none other. When he said there would be no dew nor rain, the autumn and spring rains and summer dew were necessities for the crops of Israel. The Lord had threatened to withhold these from the land if his people turned from him to serve other gods. Why am I saying this right now? Because we jump in right here where he's standing in front of King Ahab telling him, hey, it's about to dry out. It's about to dry up out here, King Ahab. But what is he really saying? He's saying something very large here. He's literally telling King Ahab, the things which provide for your resources are about to go away. Yeah. They're about to go away and there's going to be a drought because you have decided to serve Baal instead of serve the Lord God. And God doesn't like this. So God wants to do something about this now. And so I'm here declaring that everything is about to dry up in your land. Which makes more sense when God says, now that you set this, Elijah, I need you to get out of there. And that's amazing to me because how many times have you ever told, seen God actually in the word tell somebody to run from something? But he tells Elijah, you said something and you need to get out of there. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking, I wonder if Elijah knew all that he was saying. Because it seems like he would have known, hey, wait a minute, God, what you're asking me to do is, 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 is some large stuff. You're telling me to go to the king and tell him that everything that provides for what they do is about to go away? You right, I need to run. I need to run 
and I need to hide. I need to run and I need to hide. Because what happened? Man, I just got caught in the middle of something. I was a prophet, but God gave me a call to go speak something to somebody that has a lot of power and a lot of authority. But I'm not going to go, I'm going to declare what God has said. The most amazing thing about this to me is also is he went and said this before he had a plan of what to do next. Because the drought was also going to affect, affect who? A hell. He wasn't like, you know what, God? Before you tell me to go declare a drought, it'd be good news if I had a plan of what I'm going to do to eat. Because <laughs> it seems like what you're asking me to do, yeah, it's going to affect him, but this also is going to affect me. And one of the first things God just wanted me to touch on today for some of you guys is it's time to prepare for a shift. God was saying, Elijah, there's something I want to do here. There's something I want to do. And yes, you're right in the middle of it. You're, you're a part of it. But understand what it means when you're a part of what I'm doing. When you're part of what I'm doing, there's certain things that you don't have to concern yourself with. There's certain things that you don't have to have doubts about because you're in the middle of what I'm doing. You're in the middle of what I'm about to establish. So you can't be fearful concerning the things that I'm asking you to say because you're afraid of how what you say may affect you. Oh, amen. amen. Why are you saying this, Pastor Brian? Because there's a lot of people in this room that God has told you to declare some things in some places, but because you don't understand what you're going to do in result of the thing that God's telling you to declare. You've been holding it back like, man, I can't say this. And God's like, look, I need you to establish something because I want you right in the middle of what I'm doing. Don't be fearful concerning what I placed in your heart to say because you're concerned about what you're going to do to live. Understand, I'm about to put you right in the middle of what I'm doing. And when you're in the middle of what I'm doing, there's certain things you don't have to worry about. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. Because truth is, faith is not a power designed to manage my fear, but it's a resource used to connect me to the promises of God. When God calls you by faith to something, he's not asking you to manage your fears with it. He's asking you to connect to what he's promised with it. And so many people have used faith to manage fear instead of using faith to power his promises. Oh, amen. And faith is a power designed to connect you to his promises. 
He says, I know exactly what I'm saying, Elijah. I know exactly what, what I told you to do. And as soon as he got done saying it, he said, now go hide, Elijah. <laughs> Run, my brother, to a brook. <laughs> but notice what he told him to do. He said, I want you to go hide. He didn't tell him to go live. He told him to go hide. Because truth is, when God speaks, provision follows. When God speaks, provision follows. I'm going to jump back in here at verse 6. It says, so he went and did (laughs) according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Sherif, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook, what? Dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8. Then the Lord, then when the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarethah which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow woman there to provide for you. And this we're going to talk about the next point is breaking out of familiarity. It's one of the things that really, really challenges us as believers is when we have to break out of what we become familiar with. But I'm telling you, when you're caught in the middle of what God wants to do. All familiarity comes into the picture of being moved. He told him to go hide. He never told him to go live. He says, there I'm going to supply what? A supernatural supply. Why? Because there's ravens that are now feeding him, bringing him food every day. That is a supernatural way of living. It's almost as if one of you guys, you had an empty fridge when you, when you went to sleep, and God said, every morning when you wake up, it's going to be full. You wake up in the morning, you go downstairs, and guess what? It's full. Praise him. Eat everything in it. Come back home. Look in, it's empty again. God, he's like, go upstairs. When you come back down, it's going to be full again. How many of you guys know? This is, this is awesome. This is an awesome. This is a supernatural supply. I guarantee you that you know, Elijah may have felt some type of way in the beginning when he went and shouted to the king, a drought is coming. But while he was chilling by the brook, he probably was like, hey, look, this drought is fine with me. I just sit out here hiding out. I get water coming down fresh. The birds are feeding me. I ain't doing nothing but chilling out here. But here's the thing. God told him to go hide there. He didn't tell him to live there. And so he said, hey, look, hey, this brook is now dried, what, up. It's time to go. It's like the next morning you come down, you open up the fridge and ain't nothing in it no more. You can't yell at God and say, God, where's the stuff in the fridge? God is like, bruh, this was temporary. This was temporary. 
And it's not a surprise to me because I spoke the whole thing together. But you are caught in the middle of something I'm doing. And it's time to move again. And you keep looking for permanent resources in a temporary location. You got to break out the familiar and press on to what God is looking to establish with you. I'm pretty sure Elijah would have loved to send up a prayer. I'm comfortable here now, God. At first I was not comfortable, but now I'm very comfortable. The thought of birds feeding me scared me, but they were doing it. And so now I'm okay with this miracle happening. And God was like, you were living in a miracle. And yes, I was providing. But you were only here until I finished working things out in your favor. See, you declare something before the king. And when you declared it before the king, I went to work on what you had said. And so I put you in a place to where you were well fed and cared for. Only because I was shifting things while you were there. I was moving things in your favor. I was setting up a stage that you were one day going to stand on. I was preparing a place that you've been talking about, you've been confessing, you've been seeing, and I put you in hiding so the stage could be set. I didn't put you there to stay. I told you to hide. I told you to hide because I was about to do some things. I provided for you in the midst of a drought so that when the drought happened, you could stand back up and declare that I am God. But you can't do that hiding out in the brook. You can't do that hiding out in the brook, Elijah. You got to come out. You got to come out. You got to break free of the familiar. Because truth is, your progress will cost you your comfort. We always try to make it comfortable. We always trying to make it comfortable. We want it comfortable. God moved me from one comfortable situation to the next comfortable situation. God's like, how are you going to stand as a pillar of my strength if you always standing in the midst of comfort? It's when you stand in the midst of the drought. Oh, amen. Elijah just in the middle. But what's amazing to me about that is, and I know Pastor Deborah even touched on it first service, is I had to pause and had to think for a second about Elijah in this moment. Because we always talk about the widow woman and the opportunity she had to sow. But could you imagine being Elijah? 
and being told that you need to now go depend on a widow woman? <laughs> Let's just slow down for a second. God, you are supernaturally providing for me in this place. You're telling me the brook is dried up, but where you're calling me to also sounds dried up. You, 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 I'm, I thought when you would call me out of the brook, you would call me into a land of more than enough. I thought when you called me out of the brook, you would call me out to a place flowing with milk and honey. I thought when you called me out to the brook, you would call me to a place where everything was provided for. God, you're calling me out of supernatural provision into a widow woman? <laughs> this doesn't sound like This doesn't seem like how this should work. And many of us don't come out of the familiar because we're waiting for God to bring us. God's saying, no, my brother, we go from faith to faith. We go from trust to trust. Yeah, I'm calling you out, but I'm calling you out staying in my faith. You're in the middle of something. You're caught in the middle of what I'm doing. I got you. And I imagine Elijah probably had to look at himself and say, you know what? I said something in front of the king and the brook was feeding me. The birds are coming. I mean, I've experienced how he works before. Why should I actually question him now? The Bible tells us we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Many of you guys, God has given you a testimony strong enough that you should be able to walk in the driest and driest of lands if he sends you there and still know that he will provide. I can imagine God speaking back down to Elijah. Why stop now, brother? We got a good thing going. We've been doing this thing for quite some time now. I say something radical, you follow it. I say something else radical, you follow it. As you follow, I provide. 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 You're stuck in the middle of what I'm doing. And I can imagine Elijah looking, up by, looking back up at God and finally realizing, you know what I love? Being stuck in the middle. You know what? Where's that widow woman? Because truth is, God is always releasing prearranged provision over our lives. God is releasing prearranged. Look at this. Already agreed upon. And between who? Between him and his son. They've already signed a covenant that says there will be provision for your life. And God's already releasing it for you. But many of us just don't want to break out of the familiar. And God said, you got to understand something about my provision. 
It's when you're caught in the middle of what I'm doing. I want you caught in the middle. Because God is always protecting us from the migration of our hope. He doesn't want to see our hope ever slide off of him and ride on something else. I know, Elijah, I called you to a widow woman. Because the only way you're going to leave here is if you believe I'm going to meet you there. But this is intentional. Because does God want us to have plans? Absolutely. But he never wants our plans to have us. He said, I don't don't ever want your confidence to be so locked up to what you charted that your hope now migrated from me to that. And a lot of us I've missed so many things, but I guarantee you, not no more, not after today, because we were waiting to be called to a place that was oh, just comfortable. Verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarethah. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And that's when she had enough. So she said, as the Lord, your God lives, I don't have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So is Elijah coming, seeing the woman or woman that God has spoken of. She has plans on dying. She was like, you asked me for water. I was cool with that. You asked me for bread. Not too cool with that. We on a short supply of bread around here. If you didn't know, as Lord, your God lives, your God, I see you on this supernatural hype thing coming around here with your testimony of birds feeding you. But in the land in which I'm staying, you know, the God that I'm trying to figure out, I don't know about what you're talking about. So let me put you up on game. All I got is a little bit. We're going to eat this. We going to die. Don't sound like a great plan, but it sounds like the plan I got. But truth is, there is divine alignment for every assignment. There is divine alignment for every assignment. What God was about to give her, what God was actually issuing, was an invitation to be caught in the middle. Oh, Jesus. I've been talking for 30 minutes to get to this point. 
And God is giving many of you guys today an invitation to be caught in the middle. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you said. Look at him. Look at him. He ain't trying to convince her of anything. He said, look, go do what you said. Go do that. Go do that. Go take the last of your bread and your oil and die. Go do that. Mm -hmm. Go do exactly what you think is about to happen. You go try that. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on earth. What was Elijah saying to her? He was saying, look, before you finish doing what you had planned on doing, if you just get me caught in the middle of what's happening, everything that you expect is going to happen is actually going to transform. Because not only are you joining with me, but you're joining in God and something much bigger. See, God, if you didn't know it yet, widow woman, God is doing something really big here in Israel. God is establishing something bigger than me, bigger than you, bigger than Baal, bigger than Ahab, bigger than Jezebel, Isabel, bigger than everybody here. God is about to declare himself as Lord God over all. And all he is doing is issuing invitations to anybody that wants to get caught in the middle of what he's doing. Because if you find yourself in the middle of what he's doing, everything you thought was going to happen is radically going to transform. Let me tell you something. Before the oil was even tried to see if it was going to last, he said, look, just give me a piece first. Go do what you was going to do and just watch how it will never run out. Because see, God is establishing himself as the Lord over all. Oh, what are you saying, Pastor Brian? God is just issuing you an invitation to be caught in the middle of what he's doing. He's saying, but in order for this to happen, I need to be involved in how you operate, how you think, how you see things. But as soon as you get me in the middle... Watch out for what happens next. Because it ain't about you no more. It's bigger than you. It's about God and what God wants to do. It's about what God wants to establish. It's about what he wants to see. And he'll always make sure that the one who's representing him is well represented. God can't give up on us because we are who he needs to establish who he is. But what we have to do is stop trying to avoid being caught in the middle. Catch me right in the middle, God. Put me right in the mist. Put me right in the furnace. Put me right before the king. I'll throw that sling. I'll walk wherever you tell me to go. Just put me in the middle. 
I want to be there. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I'll step, I'll step out of the familiar. I'll walk out into places that others are afraid to. Because it's in that place that all is provided for. It's in that place that peace becomes my God. We've been too scared, y'all. We're trying to get God to pay our light bills. God, would you buy me a new house? God's like, for what? You want to see me? You want to feel me? You want to experience me on levels you haven't seen before? Get caught in the middle of it. This ain't for the scared. This ain't for those that like to quit. Because I'll send you from drop place to drop place, establishing my glory over and over and over again. But you got to walk in there and speak to widow woman. You got to speak to people that don't have and tell them, look, this may sound funny. This may sound strange. And it may seem bad that I'm requesting for you to give of the little that you have, but you already know your plan ain't no good. <laughs> Just give it to me. The truth is, it's not about giving to God. It's about living for God. Many people think it's God's trying to get your money. No, God's not trying to get your money, baby. He's trying to change your life. The Bible tells us where your treasure is, there in your heart will be also. Once I've locked up my heart to the things he's doing, oh, trust me. I'm in the middle now. My heart's in it. My affection's in it. My desire's in it. I got to see this. God says, yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> Verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke from Elijah. Because truth is, prosperity is, a byproduct of my, is a byproduct of my thinking, not a goal of my actions. Thinking changed. Thinking changed. We don't have to be get, 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 get. We'll receive, 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 receive. There's something God is laying out before me today to do me good and to make me happy. Because I'm in the middle of what he's doing. I'm that light. Oh, oh Lord Jesus. The Bible tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Now, y'all ready? Y'all ready? I'm, we about to close this. Y'all about to be fully blessed like I was blessed. Fully. We, we good now, but he about to run us over. 
Go to verse 17. Now it had happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so precious, was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to my remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy on the widow woman whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself over the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, my God, I pray let his, this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah. Elijah, you, you caught in the middle of something. And the soul of the child came back to him. And he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know, now by this I know that you are a man of God. And that the word of God of the Lord in your mouth is truth. It's awesome. The drought lasted for three years, three years and, and some change. And here she is. The oil ain't ran dry. The flour is still pumping. But her son dies. When her son dies, she looks and says, Elijah, why have you been here? Now, mind you, it's kind of strange because, ma'am, I showed up when you was about to eat the last of what you had and die. And that was quite some time ago. If you haven't noticed, while I'm, while I'm here yet, I don't know what else to tell you. But she's standing there saying to him, look, did you come here so that God can call out my sin and cause death upon my son? Why are you here? And many of us, have always seen God in the picture of this story and what it is about the money she gave. And many people have seen God all about just wanting to get something from you. But what God was doing with her was giving her an invitation to be in the middle of what he's doing. 
more than flour showed up to our house that day. More than oil showed up to our house that day. God himself got involved with everything that concerned her her life. And at the moment, what was needed was her son being raised. Healing was already in the house. What are you saying, Pastor Brian? I'm saying the invitation God gives us, the invitation he's sending out now, he sends it to us daily, being caught in the middle has little to do with some of the things that we see and some of the things that we enjoy, but it has everything to do with us coming in complete union with him concerning everything we might ever need. It's like, hey, don't ever, ever minimize what I can do when you're in the middle of what I'm doing. Everything is provided for. Nothing is missing. Nothing is lacking. Nothing is broken. When you're caught in the middle. Elijah's like, I don't know what happened. I hear you claiming out and naming out a bunch of stuff, but just give the boy to me. Because I done seen enough to know that God has not brought me this far to leave me right here. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. God is going to intervene because we are in the middle of what he's doing. And this boy can't die when God is establishing himself as Lord overall. Because it was also believed that Baal, the God they were serving, could revive people from the dead. But God was just going through systematically, establishing himself as Lord over everything. Can I share something with you? Because truth is, God doesn't want to take what your money can provide from you. He simply doesn't want what it can provide to ever take you from him. That's why he talks the way he talks. That's why he says the things he says, because he always wants to be in the middle of what's going on in our lives. You guys can stand to your feet. Lord God, we just thank you for this time. And I just thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Lord God, I pray that today started a day of just a transformation of how we think concerning how you want us to live. Lord God, I pray today that we'll never again reject the opportunities to be caught right in the middle of what you're doing. Lord God, we understand that those moments aren't always the most comfortable. They're not always the most appealing in how they show up. But we know as we move towards them, move in them, that you will be there right in the midst of them. Making sure that all that we need is provided for and more than what we need is always readily available to us. 
Lord God, we don't want to live a life separate from you, but we want to live a life right in the middle of all that you're doing. It's in that place that we can enjoy the things that you've given us to enjoy without the, the fear, the doubt of, of losing. We don't have to claim security in the things we see because you've given us security in you. Amen. Our way of thinking changes after today, Lord God. God, we, we see you as all that we need. We see you as all that we desire and we just draw after you yes. knowing that you've created a way of living that we could be in peace we could be in joy just living a blessed life with you watching you show up watching you perform watching you just show out every day of our lives we don't want to live in a place to where you're not actively doing things. But we know once we get a part of what you're doing, oh, it's a journey. It's a journey of a lifetime, but it's a journey well worth traveling, filled with so much joy, so much peace. And your love always there to hold us in our times of concerns, our times of doubt, but our peace is that we know we're in the middle of what you're doing. And as long as we're in the middle, as long as we're in the middle, some of you might be saying, what's a, what's a middle place? Let me tell you something. It's much easier to get there than what you think. Many of you guys gave your life to Christ already. And that was that starting space. And then you hear him speak to you, telling you to go towards this. You speak to him, speak to you, tell him you go towards that. You're hearing him to tell you to do so many things. And you're like, I don't know. He's like, no. As you go, that's the middle. God doesn't want us fearful of pursuing the things he's placed inside of us, but he wants us with all confidence and trust in him to pursue them, knowing that there's wholeness that is in that pursuit. You live a little lighter. You have few cares and you have few concerns. Why? Because you know you're right where his arms are just wrapped up around you. And many people are like, man, what I'm hearing him say to, to me, what I'm hearing him calling me to, Pastor Brian, sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's large, sometimes it's bigger than, than I can even describe. Oh, man, that's how you know it's him. It's calling you right out of your comfort zone. The amazing thing is, is that as you step out, you find out that he just keeps going. Like Elijah, I said what you wanted me to say. Now I have supernatural supply by the brook. Man, this was good, God. And God's like, it's dried up. I need you to go to the widow woman. I'm chilling with the widow woman, and this is good, God. Man, God, her, her son just died? He said, yeah, you, you're here for that too. But haven't you seen 
I've never left you yet. Whatever was needed, whatever was called for, I've been right there. And many of us are, are experiencing a, a lack of feeling that. And for some of us, it's because he's been calling, but we've been staying. And I've absolutely came here today by God on a mission to call a whole bunch of y'all right out of that space. And to a place to where we learn to embrace the middle. You gotta get excited about it. It's an adventure. I don't know what was going through Elijah's head as he was heading up that staircase, but the things that he shared, which was, God, did you really call me here to bring sin upon this house? I don't think that's what you wanted me to do. But I'm going to go up and I'm going to stretch out. <laughs> and watch you show up. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.